Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 68 and today we're talking to Sara Aguilar and Sara was introduced to us by Martina Shlavanova and she said she would be a fantastic guest to talk about exogenous ketones. Now you will notice that today's intro and outro is just me and that's because we've coming up to this podcast going out and I've just realized we haven't got an intro and an outro and Louise is fast asleep. So you've just got me today. So today we're going to be talking a lot about exogenous ketones. We're going to find out a lot more about them and how they affect us, when we should use them, when we shouldn't use them. And hopefully you're going to learn something about them. Also, just like to say that while we were recording with Zara, Louise had a massive thunderstorm, so you'll hear some unusual noises in the background, some the sound is not brilliant, and that's because there was rain and thunder and all things going on, so hopefully you can get past that. So let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. Sarah Aguilar is a health anthropologist passionate about leveraging the best of ancestral wisdom and modern day technology to optimise all areas of health. She is a restless adventurer at heart who is passionate about fitness and nutrition and ancestral living. The founder of Keto Supplements, which she originally set up to source ketogenic supplements to alleviate her husband's epilepsy. Sarah is also the director of Real Ketones Europe. Sarah strongly believes in the health boosting benefits of a low carb and ketogenic diet as personally experienced by herself and her husband, and as a way of alleviating chronic illnesses worldwide. So let's go over to the interview. Welcome, Sarah, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And we always start by asking, where in the world are you? I'm in Kent, um, so in between Maidstone and West Morling in the UK. Excellent. I know people from that area. So um, tell us, start off by telling us how you came across keto. What, what were the circumstances that led up to you getting into keto? And, and then, you know, we'll go on from there about finding out. Where yeah, you- of course. So back in, um, in, it was, so we were 25 at the time. So this is 11 years ago. My husband was diagnosed with late onset adult epilepsy and, you know, followed the doctor's protocols with having the medication. 
um, for him. And they still, he had really bad side effects, was feeling pretty low most of the time, um, was giving no indication of any sort of diet changes or lifestyle changes other than to not drink alcohol too much. Um, that was it. And then a few years later, I was looking into learning about biohacking and I saw um, quite a bit on keto. So we both decided to do the ketogenic diet together as it was originally invented for children with epilepsy. And since we'd previously been paleo, it didn't feel like too much of a difficult shift. So it was, and it, you know, for me, we got to eat all the tasty things. <laughs> so um, I was quite happy with the transition. And did that for a while, and that was working, unless Fran, so my husband's Francisco, slipped and say we'd um, have sugar, be tired, or drink alcohol, and they were the three main triggers for seizure. So um, he was on meds and mostly following a ketogenic diet, but obviously would slip sometimes. And he'd have seizures, say, every six months, and the doctors just wanted to up the meds and told him not to go keto because eating more than two or something like three eggs a week would would give him high cholesterol you know the usual things you hear from the doctor and you want to kill them afterwards when you do your own research um so we did notice though that his energy levels and seizure frequency was a lot less on a more ketogenic diet than before he was on a normal sort of still very healthy diet because he were more or less paleo and even on the meds I then saw a video by Dr. Dom D'Agostino in which he talked about using exogenous ketones um, to prevent seizures in Navy SEAL divers and obviously save lives because if you have a seizure underwater, you're most likely going to drown. And I just had a light bulb moment. I thought, well, if it works for them, then it probably works with for anyone who gets seizures and um, and definitely for epilepsy. And from that moment on, I was literally on a mission to get these exogenous ketones for my husband so that he could, you know, sometimes have treats or be off his diet or be tired um, and not have to worry about um, having a seizure. And I couldn't find them anywhere except in America. So I was like adamant. I was like, I'll get him a dog for Christmas somehow. And it was really difficult to do that. And then I decided to start importing it in. So this was back in 2017. So there weren't really, keto was very unknown at the time in the UK and Europe. And um, there weren't many other websites doing that. And I started to import them and thought, and I built the website up. I had four weeks, pretty much. I gave myself a deadline. And just was like, I'm going to do this and learn everything I need to know about WordPress and importing and Google ads and all of that. And I'd, we'd all, since we'd already been learning a lot about keto, following the podcast, learning everything that we could about ancestral living and health, it was, you know, when you put your passion in through that, it was very easy to write blogs. It's one of my favorite things that I do. And then launched the website and bringing clean ketogenic products and supplements to Europe. And, and it worked, you know, I was surprised. I thought, you know, a whip, yes, we want these supplements and there must be other people who do, but I still didn't really believe that it would work as a business. Um, I was just trialing and, and I, my backup plan was if we don't sell anything, we'll probably use what I buy over the next few years, but it did take off. And, um, and it was just, you know, it was fantastic to work in um in the health industry as such even though my background is anthropology I hadn't worked in health and supplements and lifestyle so to be able to just learn more about health and ancestral living and evolutionary 
kind of an evolutionary perspective on on creating health for us was fantastic that my work was literally doing what I love and um and curating a really clean range of ketogenic products so we don't obviously um have dirt don't believe in dirty keto as such so it's got to be if there are sweeteners they've got to be the healthy natural ones not the dangerous ones that can be worse than sugar mm. Anyway, and um, and that's that's how it started, and that's how I eventually met um, Martina, who introduced us. Um, and yeah, that was the beginning of the journey. Fabulous. So, how is your husband now? Amazing, actually. So he hasn't had touch wood, hasn't had a seizure for over two years, or is it two and a half years? Um, and then they were much more disparate. So they were once a year. Then after that, and now he hasn't had one for two and a half years, which is the longest period ever. So really, really exciting. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about how you eat now and how you combine the the exogenous ketones with with your life. Yeah. Um, well, I've done strict keto for a while. And um, so I did it for a whole year and didn't find it good for my hormones um, personally. Because I think when we look at the diet that, that's best suited for us, we need to take our ancestry into account. So if you're from the Northern Hemisphere, you're probably better suited for a high-fat, really low-carb diet. And if your ancestors are from the equator, you'd you know evolve to be able to cope with more tropical fruits, i.e. a more carby, starch-based diet. I'm half Pakistani and half Irish, which means it should be bang in the middle. <laughs> um, so strict keto doesn't necessarily work, but a high-carb diet or any gluten makes me just bloat out and very tired and put on weight. So I found a more low-carb paleo approach suits me best and with lots of intermittent fasting so I'll often be in ketosis but I wouldn't say I do a strict ketogenic diet it's more of a flex keto diet which I think is more natural as well because it represents how we would have evolved sometimes being in ketosis sometimes running on carbs and that's very much the natural order before all the modern dangerous foods were invented of course so <laughs> and um I would say with exogenous ketones in particular, so I think they support the transition to a ketogenic diet when you're first starting. So if you go from a really high carb diet and then you suddenly go, all right, throw all the carbs out, go strict keto, your body is like, oh my God, what are you doing to me? And it takes a while before um, the liver will actually start converting fat into ketones and you'll go through the horrible, hangry, carb-starved phase for quite a while. Lucky. So exogenous ketones support that by putting ketones straight into your system and almost like we're training the body to use carbs, um, to use ketones for energy, just as we were born, because you're we all born in ketosis anyway and um so i think that they can be used as a support i think that um i personally use them maybe once a week maybe once every two weeks and i do it if i'm really tired or if i'm doing a longer fast because they really help with fasting ah. i wouldn't take them every day because i don't need to take them every day yeah um and then if I am on like a weight loss machine as well, they can help with that because they suppress appetite, but they do not make you lose weight on their own. And um, I think that's very important to take into account too. So I'd use them for focus, um, energy, um, suppressing appetite and support fasting because it stops you getting angry and feeling <laughs> too depressed while you're fasting. For my husband, it would be different um, because everyone will follow a different diet or supplement protocol depending on their needs, circumstances and um, 
and lifestyle. So he would have them more often. He uses them as a pre-workout actually, because in instances when he's had seizures, they've either been after a late night or after a sports event as well. And that's because the brain has been starved of energy and his brain cells haven't been able to use to transform glucose into energy and then that's when you get kind of a seizure occurs so there's lots of factors and one of them is inflammation in the brain and the other one is the brain not being being sort of the metabolic break where you can't convert glucose into energy and that can link to a seizure as well Hmm. so he uses them every time he has football about three or four times a week so he'll usually have it before football um mainly for the energy boost, really. Um, But it's also that extra layer of protection. And um, when you're worried that something like that could happen to you, if you're in the wrong place um, or have dangerous surroundings, such as on escalators or a train platform, for example, it's a life or death situation. So just having a buffer of protection is just is, is, is comforting and it's secure and then you get the extra energy. But I would say that I wouldn't tell everyone to use them at all. I think if you want to use them, it's like having caffeine. Do you want the extra energy, really? Unless you have a neurological issue. It's like caffeine's not an essential, but most people are addicted to it. But it does give you that boost. So it's if you want the boost of energy and the electrolytes that come with that, or even just support getting back into ketosis after saying having a cheat meal the day before, then definitely use them. But we don't need to have them every day. No. And it's, it's, it's just a an extra bonus rather that might give you an edge but um yeah that's how so I'm gonna I wanted to circle back to something you said earlier yeah. which was um taking them at the beginning when you're mm-hmm. transitioning from a high carb diet to a low very low carb diet and I think the important thing there is that for us it's we can't tap into the fat yet that's that's probably when they come in at that point for those mm-hmm. maybe first six weeks that it might be good to use exogenous ketones. So some of us, for me, for example, I did a slow transition because I didn't find keto straight away. So I mm-hmm. went lower carb and then then took the next step. So I didn't get any of the um, keto flu or, or carb withdrawals because I did it in a slow way but for somebody that was going to make a, a massive change that would probably be really helpful wouldn't it definitely definitely um, I did the same because I went from paleo to keto I didn't notice keto flu at all hardly so I was just like what are they talking about <laughs> I didn't experience this but it really it always it's all relative it depends what you were eating before in your lifestyle before you make a change not necessarily the change that you made in itself. Um, And then the exogenous ketones also help because of the electrolytes. So that will counteract keto flu because keto flu is all about losing electrolytes, not actually anything to do with carbs um, in terms of carb addiction, which is what many people think that it is. Yeah, it's that imbalance. Sorry, sorry, go on, Liz. So what are the medical conditions other than obviously neurological or within that neurological sort of what other neurological conditions would exogenous ketones also help? Um, definitely Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, there's also research that shows that can alleviate, they can alleviate ADHD and autism as well. And the reason that is because 
that when you've got the dysfunction in the brain um, with the brain cells not being able to utilize glucose for energy, and that happens as, as brain cells age, which is why it's so, you know, the ketogenic diet is so effective for people with Alzheimer's or dementia because the aged brain cells cannot utilize glucose, but they can use ketones. So it's literally like giving the brain cells the right fuel to be able to function can kind of circumvent the issue of the brain cells not being able to utilize glucose for energy. Hmm. With ADHD, it's a stable form of energy. So ADHD is often linked to kind of blood sugar levels as well, impacting the brain function and ketones stabilize blood sugar levels. Whereas sugar, as you know, fluctuates the energy for the brain going really high, going really low, and that can cause very erratic behavior and uh, make it more difficult to learn as well. So supplying a stable form of energy that releases fewer free radicals, therefore also causes less oxidation in the brain. So not only is it giving you improved brain function at the moment that you're using ketones for energy, whether they be from nutritional body fat or consumed um, fat, it's going to stabilize the energy overall and and kind of give you long longevity in terms of neuroprotectivity from other oxidation too and then it works in a similar way with autism too obviously it doesn't cure it but it can just alleviate some of the symptoms as well and um, again with type 2 diabetes this is it's not so much the ketones that would fix that can cure type 2 diabetes it's more the case of taking the sugar out of the diet in the first place that um that causes the type 2 diabetes so when you take the problem out then it fixes um but in terms of the, the therapeutic use they the ketones themselves reduce inflammation in the brain and that can that optimizes cognitive function and then can heal many other um, brain health issues. One of the things linked with cancer is that cancer cells absolutely love um, hypoxic pockets. So that's a lack of oxygen and a high sugar environment. There's two favorite things for a cancerous cell. So if you take out the sugar, you're feeding that brain cancer cell less. And then if you pump the brain with oxygen, either through a hyperbaric oxygen chamber or getting lots of blood through flow to the brain with lots of exercise and fresh air, you can, you know, destroy the um, the environment that the, the cancer cells so love. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's got amazing amazing benefits for the brain. Yeah, my understanding was that there are some cancers that do thrive on ketones. So yeah, some of them have can. to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. There are some that can use ketones and um, yeah, the hybrid ones that can use ketones and glucose for energy. But in particular, I think with brain cancer and um, and tumors, and um, they're it's particularly effective to use a ketogenic diet approach. So, going back to these conditions that we spoke about, but I'm thinking in terms of epilepsy mm -hmm. or um, even dementia or Alzheimer's, does the person, if, if a person decides that they're going to use exogenous ketones, do they have to combine that with a low-carbohydrate diet or could they just take the ketones and continue eating how they eat? I would, I always say that the way to health, the first step is to eliminate the toxins in your system before you start adding anything in. So you could do that, but 
you're still consuming potentially highly inflammatory foods that will have a long-term negative effect on you. Mm. So I would recommend the first step is to take out the inflammatory um, input, remove that, eliminate those. You want to clean your environment before you start throwing supplements in or medicine With in the pot. Which I guess is sugar, seed oils, and absolutely grains, wheat, totally. Yeah. So you'd want, yeah, a hundred percent. So I would say at least try to follow more of a low carb diet most of the time. So I don't think you have to do a strict keto or low carb diet all of the time, but if most of the time you are, that's what will really count. And then use the exogenous ketones when you need them, which would be when you're fatigued, when you might be at risk of um, expressing um, a dementia issue or a seizure or anything like that. Because people generally tend to know if they're coming on or they get an aura if they're about to express something. So it's reduced that inflammation with having exogenous ketones just as an extra buffer rather than needing to have them every single day. So I would say have them when you feel that you need them. It's better to limit the toxins that you're putting into your system because they will still cause you damage, even if you're using a buffer long-term. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Sorry, I did. I've just got the most huge, big sort of thunderstorm out, out here, which is, um, you yeah, know, so it's a bit distracting. Sorry. Um, but really what you're saying is, Sarah, is that it's it's an adjunct so it's an adjunctive therapy it, it's sort of part of this you know as you said this biohacking experiment that you've that you've participated in and your husband is um is in where is that led you now with obviously with the the importing of of the supplements um well now i also so having learned how you can use them and the ben and seeing the benefits directly not just with my husband but with many other customers and athletes as well and what i didn't mention is it's incredible for endurance athletes because they can use both ketones and glucose um, as a dual source of fuel to keep going and have instant energy so it's a tremendous um effect kind of results in terms of them cutting their their race time down. Um, but we will see a lot more of that in the coming future. In terms of where it's led me, in do you mean in my diet or particularly business related? Yeah, I was thinking, um, obviously, it's a really good segue and just to remind listeners about Fidel um, Gonzalez, who was um, an endurance cyclist as well. So we know that he's, um, he's used exogenous ketones for his um, this cycling as well but I, th I yeah i think that it's other applications so i think you know obviously through your business that you are obviously exploring um you know it's the application of exogenous ketones in, in other areas such as as you mentioned athletes yeah so athletes are definitely a big one i mean on the note of biohacking that you mentioned earlier we've got a lot of um business people um who use exogenous ketones for cognitive performance so it is literally they want to perform better not be tired reduce inflammation and focus really well they'll use exogenous ketones for that and um, so literally as a nootropic to optimize their cognitive function focus and um and give them more energy so that's been really really interesting because that represents about one third of the cohort in, of the people that i work with um 
and that's and that I can also say is probably how I use them as well when I really need to knuckle down and focus exogenous ketones will help you do that and um, you literally feel on fire because you're giving yourself the energy that that helps us hunt better because that's that's why we originally can, can go into ketosis in the first place so um, yeah it makes you it makes you sharper and way more alert. And so that's definitely, you know, really interesting application and they may or may not follow a low carb diet, um, but they just use them as you would use caffeine, for example, but it's just a much more stable, healthier um, energy option in that respect. We also have a lot of people with chronic illnesses too, who will use exogenous ketones to reduce inflammation um, so that will include things like polycystic ovarian syndrome. We've got the, you know, the ketogenic diet reduces inflammation. If you take sugar out and that, and many chronic illnesses are caused by inflammation. So it certainly helps with hormone management and regulation. The same with Hashimoto's and, and thyroid issues. It can be helpful. Um, it's not necessarily the, the be all the, the one answer. There's always so many factors around health, not just nutrition, but a ketogenic low-carb diet can support those ailments too. And I think just, um, there's a, is it fibromyalgia is another one? And um, chronic fatigue, really, really good for mm. chronic fatigue too. Because again, it's a metabolic um, break system where you can't be, can't be using the energy. Can't access the energy. Exactly, yeah. So ketones allow us to metabolically heal or at least give us an energy that's more easy is easier to utilize and convert into energy does that then mean that it has an application in long covid now i've had things that it can certainly yeah because it, they also support immunity too just by optimizing the metabolic function but i don't know enough about covid or long covid to give any useful information there mm-hmm. so on the topic of ketones, because if you went to a one of those websites that has lots of um, options on for you to choose from, you'd come up with hundreds of different ketones and makes and they, they're slightly different. So can you maybe guide the listener as to what to look for? Of course. When, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're going to say come to you because you, you know, spent a lot of time looking into it and you know that yours are clean keto products, but there's all different types of ketones, aren't there? And how does someone start mm. discerning what they should be looking for? Yeah, I mean, the first thing to, to question is what are your goals? And that is it, that will kind of tailor what, the, what product would be right for you. In general, um, so with exogenous ketones and BHP supplements, they are the BHB that are bound with electrolytes. Sometimes they also come with caffeine and sometimes they come with MCT powder as well. Some of them also come with added nootropics too. So obviously the ones that come with added nootropics are literally for cognitive function, but I've had athletes and competitors use them as well to boost their physical performance because you get a performance boost anyway. The ones that are combined with MCT powder give you a more sustained, long-lasting, slow-release ketone and um, slow-release of ketone energy. So that can really be useful for things like extended fasting and appetite suppression. 
So that would be BHB plus MCT powder. And then you get the BHB just with caffeine. And that is released more quickly into the system than anything else. So caffeine catalyzes your the kind of the bioavailability of anything else you consume with it. So if you have the BHB plus caffeine, it will go straight into your system and knock your ketone levels higher very quickly. Um, but it might not last for as long as the one that was more slowly released with the MCT powder, for example. So it really depends. So if you want an instant boost of energy, then it's the BHB with caffeine. If you want the instant boost of energy, but for cognitive performance in particular, then obviously go for the, the BHB with nootropics, which also comes with caffeine. And then if you want a more slow release to support fasting, then it's BHB with MCT powder. And although that there are so many brands um, out there that do them like perfect keto, there's Keto Logic, there's Real Ketones, there's Prove It, um, and a number of others, what you'll notice on them, all of them will say that they use the Go BHB formula. So all of these ketogenic supplement companies are using the same formula. They're buying it from the same place. They license it from Go BHB. And so there isn't, the only difference then becomes the price, the flavor combinations. And sometimes there are different levels of say potassium or magnesium. And you can look at that on the ingredient level, but essentially you can only buy one Go BHB and they license it out to all the other companies. And Go BHB is owned by the same people as Real Ketones. So that's, that's why I work specifically with real ketones because they own the IP and they've done clinical trials that prove that ketones can support weight loss, reduce anxiety and optimize cognitive function. And um, so they're kind of perfect keto will be buying their BHB from GoBHB, which is owned by real ketones anyway, which is why real ketones are cheaper because they don't have to pay a license fee to another company. And, um, and then there's business model issues. For example, Prove It is super expensive because mm. of their multi-level marketing business model. model. Mm. Um, mm. And in my opinion, if I can say this, the thing that really bothers me about what they do is they have promoters who don't understand the science behind ketosis and the ketogenic diet. They push them as weight loss supplements. And they say, you know, like you mentioned earlier, just have carbs and have ketones. Like, no, that's not necessarily healthy. We don't have enough science on having both ketones and glucose in the bloodstream for long periods of time. But they're saying that so they can sell more and that you'll like immediately lose weight. And I, ketones can help you lose weight. But that is not their main function. They do so much more than that. There's so much more important than just weight loss. So I would say, you know, choose depending on the pro flavor profile that you want and the speed at which you want the energy to be released. Hmm. And um, that's the best way of making that decision. But don't don't buy into anyone who's really pushing sales on you. Um, definitely. Yeah. Because you can take a sorry, Louise, I keep interrupting. You can take an exogenous ketone and then measure your ketones and you'll have high ketones. But the process that your body needs to go through to make your own ketones is not the same. And therefore, by making your own ketones, you are having all those benefits that you, you were suggesting. Um, so I definitely see it as a an adjunct rather than a mm. instead of. So oh, absolutely. Add, definitely. Adding it mm -hmm. to make 
to improve your ketones possibly but like you said not every day and not all the time yeah it's just an increase of energy you know so we can be on a high carb diet for example and then you have you have a leucozade or something because you want more energy so that's in the same way you'd use exogenous ketones unless you had a therapeutic um, health issue and mm. a neurological chronic health issue it's literally just extra energy um, that your body can use but I would say definitely in general, combine it with a ketogenic diet and only when you need it rather than being dependent on any supplement. That goes for all supplements, in my opinion. What's the difference then with the ketone esters? Is that still part of this particular um, supplementation or is that a different version of that? Yeah, that is a different version. So um, the BHB salts are in salt form and they're bound with electrolytes. And they aren't as strong as a ketone ester. A ketone ester is um, actually more alkaline in its um, form and totally different, but it's still an exogenous ketone because it's out of body. Mm. Um, and they are, they're only very recently, I mean, I think it was the University of Cambridge and Dr. Kieran Clark who invented the one that sold to human in the States. And then there's another one called ketone aid. So there's only two forms of ketone ester and they're extremely expensive because they're produced on such a small level. They are effective, but because they are so new, there's not as much research on them as there is on the BHB. So all of the animal test studies that are done um, with diseases and weight loss are usually done with BHB salts, not with esters because esters are much more newly invented. Hmm. Yeah, I think the, no, I'd seen some other people, particularly in the US, uh, you know, Facebook friends in, in, in the groups where they talked about the esters and taking the esters for specific sort of neurological conditions. So acquired brain injury, I think, um, one, one Facebook lady. And so it was interesting sort of to compare and contrast the use of salts to, to esters, but knowing that there is a, a different form of the same compound, but different different reasons mm. yeah um so the esters are a lot more potent than so they i think so when you have a, a bhb salt it'll increase your it should increase your blood ketone levels from 0 0.5 to 1.5 millimolar i think the esters increase it them up to three millimolar so from a therapeutic perspective they're excellent mm. but they're just so expensive that they're very expensive. inaccessible yeah, I think some of the professional sports people are using the esters, aren't they? Yeah. Great. Okay. You mentioned offline that you're doing a project with some ex-rugby players. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so with the, um, along with the co-founder of Red Light Risings, that's James Strong, we've been working with a group of ex-rugby players um, from the England rugby team who've been diagnosed with early onset dementia and Alzheimer's because of repeated concussion. And we put together a concussion recovery protocol that combines the ketogenic diet, exogenous ketone supplementation and infrared light therapy in order to support the healing of their, of their brain, the brain injuries that they've got and reduce the symptoms of concussion. And that varies from mood swings to complete loss of memory um, and to just this yeah complete like cognitive dysfunction and that's been going really 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 well um 
yeah, that's that's been a pretty fantastic project to work on to see see how they've they've really healed um, and how positive they're feeling as well. So, have they made dietary changes as along with the ketones? Yes, yeah. So we did advise um, a strict ketogenic diet because it's for therapeutic use. They find that difficult to follow, <laughs> but um, so they do as much as they can. But I know that on weekends and at social events, they don't. So the exogenous ketones then help them get back into ketosis. But it's very, very hard sometimes to change, to completely change someone's diet and lifestyle, especially when it's around family and social events. So they do their best, um, but they haven't completely, completely adopted keto. Hmm. Yeah. What is the benefit to the inf- infrared light? What? How does that as a as another therapy? How does that help with brain health? So that helps um, collagen production in the skin, and it also increases blood flow and oxygenation as well. And it can help repair. So it's very very good for muscle tissue repair and brain cell repair and optimizing the function of the mitochondria as well and fixing mitochondria so together they work amazing because it's a you know a metabolic issue with the brain not functioning because of the concussive damage so together they pair very very well and how does the infrared is infrared isn't it yes yeah how does the infrared light therapy how, how does it take place oh well you have a big infrared light <laughs> And they have to, the rugby players have to put their heads against it, literally. So the light can permeat the um, the epidermis and the skull and get into their brains. Wow. So they literally have a dose of like 10 minutes a day, forehead, side of the head, <laughs> back of the head. 10 minutes each side. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie's, Jackie's a great biohacker. She's got her aura ring. Um, I can see her adding that to cart now to the Amazon. Uh, so is, uh, is, is that um, i've already looked it up years ago but um yeah it's very expensive well i'll i'll hook you up with james so you can get a discount but um <laughs> i think i personally use infrared light for muscle recovery so when i've injured a muscle weightlifting um it's incredible i also use it to help wake up in the winter because it simulates sunrise. It's also very relaxing in the evenings for sunset. But one of the things that it does that I think lots of listeners will be interested in is because it promotes your collagen production, it reduces wrinkles and you do notice it after just a few weeks. Um, it's pretty amazing. So for <laughs> me, that's the biggest seller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're still young, so you, got, yeah, you can take see, real benefit. The, no, I'm 36, this. so I'm not yeah. that young. Yeah, you she's are. still young. She's still young. <laughs> don't, don't you worry about that. I'm just thinking instead of, um, yeah, is it the cost of the same as a Botox and fillers? So um, yeah, can it be traded off? But I yeah. think, you know, the, the, fact, the fact is, you know, if you, as you said, you know, it's the restoration, it's the collagen production, you know, it's the muscle repair, which I'm thinking as the gyms are opening up here in, in Bangkok, um, it's actually really good because... I'm feeling every muscle now, <laughs> muscle soreness. So, um, which the local, the, our virgin actually has a cold room with sauna, um, a salt room. It's a salt room, but it doesn't actually have a red, red light room. So, 
Oh, does it not happen for red light in the sauna? I okay. don't think so. Uh, at the moment, the the those rooms aren't aren't open that that area of the gym, and um, yeah, so I yeah I don't think it did. I think it was just hot and sweaty. But yeah, that was the same. But it sounds really interesting. You know, are you what's the feedback from from the customers in terms of how they're finding you know the that health recovery restoration from is that for red light therapy or keto supplements the the supplements so in terms of your feedback that you've that you've received from customers yeah really good um i've had lots of feedback from people with chronic health issues who have found that they can you know get up in the morning again and do what they need to do and um, again, athletes have given great feedback on like winning races and smashing PBs. And um, the business people just keep coming back because it's clearly working for them as well. So it's varied. And then, of course, there's a weight loss group too. And um, people do use them. If, if it is used as a meal replacement, then it will support appetite suppression and weight loss. So they say, you know, I've lost such and such amount of weight. So tell us about your your diet and how, you know, what does a typical day look? Well, I know there's no typical days, but choose a day and tell us what you might have. Okay, I choose yesterday then. <laughs> so um, I had, so I like, um, what did I have for breakfast yesterday? I had a vegan smoothie actually. Um, so I have like a high carb, high fat, low carb protein shake with blueberries love to get lots of darkly pigmented fruits into my diet. I feel like I need them and need those antioxidants and polyphenols. So I had um, a new zest protein shake with added collagen and I had cinnamon to slow down the um, sugar release from the blueberries, as well as some coconut yogurt mixed up with some unsweetened almond milk and some chia seeds for thickness. And then I might sprinkle some nuts on, I might not, depending. Um, And I'll have that at about 10 or 11. I don't like eating straight away. And I think most people Mm. on a low-carb diet, you're just never hungry in the morning. So you don't, I usually will walk my dog first, um, get some work done, and then I'll have my first meal. Then I will, I might have some nuts as a snack in the afternoon before going to the gym, because I go to the gym most days of the week. And I'll have a late lunch which is always a super colorful salad with lots of leafy greens yesterday I had uh, I baked some kale and I had it with grated carrot so a little bit higher carb with loads of watercress celery about red bell peppers and some broccoli sprouts with an apple cider vinegar dressing and olive oil and then I had a big piece of mackerel Mm. on top I really like my fatty Mm. fish that's super important for brain health and um getting the protein that you need as well so that is that would i would say that was pretty low carb um not totally keto because the fat macros wouldn't add up to make it keto ketogenic because it was more low carb high protein and then as an afternoon snack i had some nut butter with dark Mm. chocolate i ate a little bit too much dark chocolate and I don't, I tend to just have two meals. I don't really do three meals a day. So I have quite a short eating window. Um, and then I might have a rebosh latte in the evening, which will add some extra collagen in if I feel like I've worked, trained extra hard, just for muscle recovery and um, the beauty benefits mm. as well. 
And tell us about the honey. So the honey tip, the tip of honey. So, yeah. So because I incorporate extra, a few extra carbs into my diet, don't find that I have sleeping issues. But for many people, including customers that I've had, feedback that I get is they cannot sleep because they're too wired at nighttime on a strict ketogenic diet. And um, the reason that is, is being in keto, we evolved to be in ketosis because it sharpens all of our senses so that we can hunt better. That's not a good state to be in to relax and sleep because you, you're literally mining for energy from your body and kind of converting your fat cells into energy. So it's telling the body that, oh, you're in a starved state. You need to be hunting for food, even if you have an abundance of ketones in the system. If it lasts too long, you're stressing the body. And having a little bit of natural sugars can really help calm down the system and say, hey, don't worry. Here's some, you know, I'm not starving you. (laughs) Here's some carbs. So just having half a tablespoon to a tablespoon of honey in the evening following a completely ketogenic day can help you sleep better Mm. for longer. I might have to try that, Louise. Well, listeners will know that uh, Jackie's sleep is terrible. Let's just be honest there, Jackie. It it is a bit bit (laughs) terrible. And certainly I I understand what you're saying because um, listeners will also know that I've been doing alternate day fasting and certainly on the, on the fasting days. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm a lot more obviously alert because I do need to go out and hunt for food. And um, that has resulted in me in, as you said, also coupled with the hormones as well in that perimenopausal state, you know, there's obviously stress from fasting and stress from obviously um, the change, changing hormones that I have been waking up anywhere between 1 and 3 a.m. And, yeah, it's it's been particularly distressing. So um, a little bit of honey might be might be just the what the what the doctor has ordered. So um, I'll be quite quite intrigued to to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'd recommend that. And alternatively, with the fasting, if you are actually going to bed feeling really hungry, that's a massive sleep disruptor. And exogenous yeah. ketones can help. Then I know that my sister does that because she does quite a bit of fasting. She and um, she says she has one of those and she can sleep better. Yeah, I'm not too. So it could, it, I think with with what we've been doing, certainly um, Jackie and I had started a challenge to do alternate day fasting, and I actually find that I don't on this pattern of every other day doing doing fasting every other day. I'm not I'm not hungry. Where I do say two two and a half days, you know, the extended extended sort of fasting, that those waves of hunger do are more more noticeable so i do i do get that where jackie and i were doing from sunday supper time until say tuesday lunchtime so that sort of whole you know pattern and we're doing that twice a week that i would notice the waves of hunger so it sounds like that you know having some supplementation would be beneficial yeah it's worth trying and, and seeing how you feel on honey um, all the supplements, either one, everyone will be different in terms of what works for them. You've just got to experiment. Yeah, and that's a good thing, isn't it? Really, Jackie, you know, where where you're you're always up for some experimentation. <laughs> so, loves a good experiment. Yeah. Uh, as I said when we were offline, I'm just experimenting with when I take my protein drink that Dr. Baz has 
suggested I take. So with the honey, is it just eat it off a spoon or can you melt it in some hot water and add a bit of lemon? Um, have it how you like it, how you want to have it. Um, so yeah, it's literally however you want to take it. If I think that if you feel that you're also calorically restricted and you want to slow down the release of that sugar, I would mix it in with a scoop of collagen, um, maybe a little bit of cacao powder and some hot water. So it's like a hot chocolate mm. for nighttime. And that will help you sleep definitely. And because of the protein from the collagen, it will more slowly release into the system and should keep you asleep all night. And it'll be delicious at this time of the year. I'm going to try um, that. For us in the UK anyway. <laughs> so I think it's important to say that the honey ideally should be a raw honey locally produced. If you oh, can. yeah, definitely. But not not one that's commercially messed mm, around. That with. might have some rubbish in it. I mean, don't use raw honey if you're going to put hot water in it because then you're, you're, you're destroying the enzymes with the hot water. So then you're wasting money. But um, no. yeah, otherwise, yeah, get the highest quality honey that you can afford. Mm. Okay. Well, Jackie, uh, I, I'm expecting to have at least uh, two experiments so we could sort of randomise this into the control and, um, you know, have parallel arms of your study. So one, the, the hot chocolate arm and then just obviously the honey. But Jackie's one of these weird people, apparently, listeners that doesn't like honey. So um, I think you're just going to to have to suck it up and sort of go with that. Yeah, I take some other stuff, which is really gross what as well. So other, I, I mean, think honey's not that bad. Probably. You could have date syrup as an alternative um, because we are just looking for pure fructose. So if you choose the fructose you like the taste of the most, then have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, might stick with the honey. <laughs> no. Don't like dates. No. I think there's a the, the added oh, benefit strange. of... Uh, isn't no prunes? I was thinking I'm getting I'm getting my fruit mixed up somewhere. My dried fruit. <laughs> I can imagine the, the <laughs> it'll help with constipation, but that's not you, that's prunes, not dates. So. Yeah, you might be waking up for another reason. <laughs> <laughs> you have that. <laughs> Great. So tell us about Planet Organic. Mm, well, Planet Organic. Um, love the range of products that they do because they're so strict in choosing them. But um, I originally started working them with them because they sell obviously lots of really high quality fish oils and fresh ingredients and um, ready-made bone broth, which is amazing for brain health. And I wanted to get a discount code for the rugby players because I kept recommending them to, the, to Planet Organic. And um, then as I started speaking to them, obviously very aligned. Um, they wanted someone who could represent the keto and low carbon ancestral living element of the range that they sell. So I work with them as an ambassador and produce content on particular issues. So last night I was doing a, a talk on anti-aging and using intermittent fasting as the um, cheapest and most effective tool to anti-age. Um, just needs a little bit of discipline, but it's so much better than any cream you can buy <laughs> because of autophagy. So yeah, I um, I love working with them and um, love being able to talk more about ancestral living and health to a wider audience mm, and teach people who yeah. may not be interested in keto originally or low carb, but they can use elements 
of um, ketogenic wisdom to improve their lifestyle and health. Yeah. So in what way use elements of it? Well, so for example, um, having some days of removing carbohydrates or particularly at breakfast time, using intermittent fasting, which is, you know, often goes hand in hand with ketogenic diets because through autophagy, you can kill off sick and old cells and grow more new cells and therefore regenerate, which is what anti-aging is. Um, Mm -hmm. I think those are, those are the key things. And then also I talk a lot about sleep optimization too, um, movement and detoxification and hydration as well. So there's just, so I think if anyone was to make one small change in terms of what would impact their health, I think intermittent fasting is a massive thing you can do. Even if you don't change um, the input of the foods that you're eating, if you just shorten your eating window, you automatically protect yourself from more chronic health issues and you anti-age at the same time. So it's a pretty effective means um, and route to health. Yeah. And lots of people find that they lose weight mm. just just time-restricted eating. And really, it sounds like, you know, that this is a package, isn't it, really? It's just the package. As you said, you know, you're hacking your sleep and that has additional benefits, you know, by removing carbohydrates, restricting your window, um, you know, once you have more energy, access to energy, so endogenously or exogenously, you know, you're going to be wanting to move more, which is, you know, has, you know, weight-bearing exercise is really good. So it just sounds as you said ancestrally that we are engineered to to do all of these things but we've lost touch with that in our modern lifestyle as we're zooming um, and sitting sedentarily you know all day every day um, it's just we've really lost touch with that um, ancestral health and and have you found that sort of having that anthropological background that you've been able to join those dots together Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what makes me me so fascinated and interested in it. And that's why I talk about specific ancestry for individual people rather than, I think, um, so one of the issues that I found with, with ketogenic or any diet is it becomes dogmatic and you sort of get this tribe thing where this is the only way to eat and this is the right way to eat. And it's like, no, everyone is different. And they're different at different times in their lives, depending on their hormones, their lifestyle, and where they're located in the world as well. And what we need to do really for health is to adopt a more ancestral and seasonal approach, not just to the way that we eat, but the way we move, um, live and work um, if possible. Because that is, but, sorry, I thought you, you were going to so say something. Just just remind us, you're, you said that um, you have uh, of Pakistani heritage and Irish heritage, which means for you and your ancestry that you needed certain sort of foods because of the equatorial relationship as opposed to my ancestry is Northern European. <laughs> but living you know, as I was in, in you know, Southern Australia, and no wonder I, I just didn't like the sun. Um, can you just explain the relationship where we live according to the equator and, and hemispheres and what, what kind of foods? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the key to figuring out what foods suit you is looking at where your ancestors are from. So if they're from the Northern Hemisphere, then you probably are better suited for a higher fat, lower carb diet because those were the foods that were available to your ancestors. And the further north you go, then the more seafood based 
you'd, you'd be thinking of. Um, so you've really got to look at where are my ancestors from? What would they have naturally eaten before industrial agriculture? And those are probably the foods that my body um, genetically has evolved to be able to, to consume and would have a, a preference for. And that's just looking at ancestry. So you still need to take into account your lifestyle, what part of the world you're living in as well. But the best indicator is 200, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago, mm. what were my ancestors mm. eating? Um, you can handle it. And then if they're from closer to the equator, where more tropical fruits um, would be available and native people would have eaten more starchy carbs as well, you probably can handle those a bit better if your family are from closer to the equator. Um, that's not to say, though, that if they say eat, I think there are issues where they'll have new foods, for example, like sweet corn, that's been so genetically modified, it doesn't necessarily resemble anything like the ancestral food that would have been eaten. So even mm. with fruits, it's saying, okay, my ancestors are from the equator, I can eat loads of bananas. Is the banana you're eating today, um, has it been genetically modified so much that it has a lot more sugar than the banana they would have eaten? So you're not just thinking about the food itself, you want to get as close to that mm. food that they ate and not necessarily in the name of it, <clears throat> but in the composition as well. Because I know that our apples are nothing like our apples 100 years ago in terms of sugar content. Everything is hyper sweet. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's all been modified. Mm. So you've got to be, yeah. In the last 100 absolutely. years. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to be mindful of that too. Um, and then look at where you're living and try to eat seasonally because obviously the phases of the sun um, are going to impact your body and, and the kinds of foods to intake as well. And I also think that from a sustainability perspective, if we ate more seasonally and locally, that would do wonders for the environment. It really, really would. We wouldn't be wasting so much transporting foods from all over the, you know, all over the world in the wrong season, which is causing huge you know, ramifications on the environment so that we can eat things out of season. I think we really, really need to be more mindful of that, of that as well in our choices of food, not just eating clean, healthy food, but also thinking about where is it coming from and how far is it coming from. Yeah. Those food miles are so important, aren't they? Because like, as you said, you can get, you know, all year round strawberries and, you know, blueberries, obviously imported from, say, Chile or um, avocados that are imported from, yeah, wherever. But it, it just... It, the mind boggles as to, as you said, you know, what was fresh, seasonal and, and local is now, you know, we're, we're because of the demand, I suppose, you know, for, say, berries all year round. It just, yeah, it's the, as you said, the genetically modified engineering food miles is really put a stress on the environment. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the ways, so I like to have berries all year round, I have to admit, but I'll get frozen berries mm. um, because then at least they are fresh from the season and um, then I can get my antioxidants in. Yeah. I, I When I cut out dairy a few weeks ago, I was eating more strawberries, but now we're coming into, so we're now in October, I've, I've sort of stopped eating them because they're, you know, they're not that nice. So why bother? Mm. Yeah, when they taste of nothing. Mm. Yeah. 
and and to bring in that you know it's not the season sure. it should have been in june i should have been eating them in mm. june not in october so and at home in australia we had fruit trees in in our backyard and it was really interesting just to see how short the season was and this was for the apricots so it had four trees and it they came on and you could sort of see them sort of ripening and the the birds were obviously you know pecking at them then it was three weeks, literally from woe to go, you know, the, the four trees were pretty much, you know, ripened over a period of, say, three weeks, three three weeks. And obviously the sweeter that they got, the more riper they were. And it was really interesting just to sort of go down to the backyard and just have one or two and see the sort of the changing the texture and the sweetness, obviously sweeter as they as they became more more ripened on the tree. But it's three weeks. That's literally it. You know, you would have thought that in not the wild, but you know, in olden days, that that's why my grandmother would have made jam or you know preserved or um, you know been able to 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 do things. Or if people were going to pick it. You know that sort of stuff. So, um, but it was picked and sweet, and you know, at that time, as you were going into sort of you know storing body fat into um, that sort of fall into into winter. Yeah, to prepare yourself for the cold, <laughs> cold. winter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I know it's amazing how out of touch we are with um, when fruits and vegetables are in season. And eating them locally and how short the seasons are. So I hate it when I miss yeah. them. So one being half Pakistani, I often miss mango season. And, I'm, and I, I always do it every year because I forget. And <laughs> but um, it's so short. It's literally so short. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, not yeah. here in Thailand. You know, I just was down and went for a walk today just to get out of, um, get out of the apartment. And um, so I was, I've been telling Jackie that there's a, a delicious, obviously, Thai limes. So, um, and you have it with freshly squeezed with um, some soda and so on ice. And where the, the stall that, um, that I get it from had, you know, piles and piles high of mangoes because they sell it with the mango sticky rice. So, um, yeah, lots and lots of green mangoes and yeah, the, the yellow mangoes as well. So, um, yeah, it's like every day, every day is mango, mango day here. So, so Sarah, how can people get in contact with you, find out more about the products you're selling? Um, you can find us at Keto Supplements on Instagram or at The Health Anthropologist if you want to contact me directly on Instagram. And the websites are ketosupplements.co.uk and realketones.co.uk. Excellent. And so we'd like to finish off by asking you for your three top tips. Now, it might be something that you've already said or, you know, something else that you've thought of that you would recommend to people? I think um, I think my first thing um, would probably be to, although we tend to focus on diet so much, look at all the areas of your health um, because the answer isn't always in, in, one, in one pillar of health. So look at relationships, look at your sleep, your stress levels and your movement as well, as they're all also keys to health and really, really important to take into account, particularly sleep. I feel like without sleep, you may as well give up on everything else because your body can't function without adequate sleep. 
So that would be my number one is 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 sleep, and then take the other other factors into account. With regards to starting a ketogenic or low carb diet, I think don't become too obsessed with macros. Some people become unhealthily obsessed with their macros and ketone levels. The whole point of changing a diet, your diet is to become healthier and feel better. And if you're getting stressed out because you're measuring macros and calories, then it's that can't be helpful for you. So I think go by how you feel, you know, really listen to your body. And, um, you know, you when you've been in ketosis, you know what it feels like. You don't need to be measuring it every single day. And then three, I think this one is specifically for women. Um, and if you're following a low-carb keto diet or any diet, really think about flexing it according to your cycle. So incorporating more carbs just before your period um, because you need – so that's the time when you start to get those cravings. That's because you actually need them for healthy hormone production. So give in and let yourself have some sweet potato um, and healthy carbs, definitely, because that will that will benefit you and um, stabilize hormones. So those would be my three top top tips. Great, I like those, um, and I especially I particularly like the don't become obsessed with your macros. I really I hate counting macros, and I do it occasionally, but um, yeah. You, you you know mm, you get a feel you know you can do it for the first week and then it's like well you kind of know you don't need to keep measuring it's the same with the aura ring I have an aura ring too and um I'm not wearing it at the moment because it's like well I, I kind of know now <laughs> in terms of I'll, I'll bring it back I'm just having a break from technology um but you do learn you don't have to obsess over it and it can disconnect you from how you feel which is always you know you've got to be in tune with how do you feel having this food, having that food with regards to sleep rather than looking at data. You do. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I definitely notice when there's times when I just don't feel right. And then, then you start to think, right, what, what can I change? Mm. What, what, what yeah, needs it to becomes happen? a feedback cycle in terms of, you know, but you're sort of really saying don't become disconnected to how you feel even though the data says one thing you know the data is not the be all and all it needs to be what what you are connected with your um you know becoming holistically more in tune with your body just one quick question about shipping so the shipping of your products is Mm -hmm. to the uk and eu is that um yeah. Yes, okay. that's correct. So all of Europe okay. and the UK, we've got warehouses in both the UK and Europe. So not Perfect. for um, our listeners. Sorry, our listeners in the US and Australia. So Asia. the US ones can go straight to realketones.com. Um, and there is an Australian one, which is realketones.au, it must be. Com.au, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I can send you a link for that one. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was just obviously curious as to um, what we can do for for listeners outside of the UK and EU. So that's really great. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been really um, fabulous <laughs> um, and, and certainly enlightening, I think, for you know, those people, those folks particularly, you know, wanting to get that boost and to sort of think about supplementation, you know, adjunctive therapy to especially those with neurological conditions to how they can sort of, you know, continue to support their their journey, their health and wellness journey. So thank you for your time today. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank Thank you. That was a fantastic interview to understand more about the exogenous ketones. Now, I for myself have steered clear of them because my feeling was that you need your body to make those ketones. So it's very different taking exogenous ketones and exogenous means coming from the outside to actually physically making them yourself. And I really thought it's much better to make them yourself. But Sarah really made a case for using them appropriately at different times and whether that be for endurance sport or for um, cognitive function, they definitely have a place for people with neurological um, diseases or issues like epilepsy and Alzheimer's and dementia. So that is definitely a place where they can be used. But it was really good to understand that maybe there is a place for them at other times as well. I think where some people fall down is that they think that they can just take exogenous ketones and not worry about their diet. And I do see people doing that. And that is a very expensive way of doing it. And I think sometimes people say it's expensive because that's the way they're doing it. But there is so many more benefits to doing it yourself and getting your body to dual fuel, not only use the glucose, but be able to fuel the ketones as well. And when your body is producing its own ketones, that's when you're burning fat. If you're just taking them exogenously, you won't be burning that fat because you're not actually dual fueling like a, a bit like a hybrid car with petrol and battery. If you're constantly using the petrol, then you're not going to need the battery to kick in at all. So we want to be able to tap into both types of fuel in and out, in and out all the time. So hopefully you've learned something there. I think for me, I really liked the idea of using them occasionally. And for me, I'm thinking about maybe when I'm fasting, maybe getting some of those MCT powder ones to use when I'm fasting to help me through. Not all the time because I tend to just do water fast, water and salt. Just to have them on hand, should I feel that I'm flagging or craving some food, maybe by putting in some uh, exogenous ketones that might get me through a blip that you that you that I have quite often uh, around I need something I feel like I need something and then the other time I was thinking that I could possibly use the ones uh, for brain function are on those days there are days when I don't sleep very well we've spoken about this a lot on the podcast and I don't I feel like I don't sleep very well I'm awake for lots of hours in the night and And those days when I'm really tired, maybe that would be a time for me to use them. So it's really given me some food for thought and as to whether I want to incorporate some exogenous ketones into my way of living. So I haven't got Louise to ask me where we can find the show notes, but the show notes will be at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero six 
7. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle fabulouslyketo1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.